We have a special guest this morning, and it's my pleasure to introduce him. Phil Stutzman. I met Phil some years back. I'm not sure how, but I was I was at your church. We got to minister together there. I was playing there. And uh, Phil had never met my wife before that time. And uh, at the last minute, she couldn't come with me. I, th- I think Christiana was sick. But uh, my daughter, Brittany, which is now 20, went with me. And since he hadn't met her, he didn't know. And he said, we're, we're, we welcome Mark Wilkinson and his lovely wife. <laughs> so I had to say to the congregation, that's my daughter, thank you. <laughs> Sorry to her and for all you guys who think I'm a creep. <laughs> no. But uh, it is my pleasure. I did ask him if he minded if I shared that. <laughs> I thought that's priceless. So if you would, welcome Phil Stutzman. Good morning. It's good to see each of you here. I was telling Mark that actually my daughter told me a similar story last night. There must be something about this father-daughter thing because when I was young married, well, young married, Geneva, our firstborn, I'm guessing she was maybe 13, 14, 15, something like that. We had gone to a restaurant to eat. My wife was some other place, and she was not with us. And at the restaurant, a lady walks up, and she looks at Geneva, and she said, wow, you have a really nice family. And she thought that she was my wife. And because we had, you know, the three other younger children that were there with us. And Geneva told me last night, by the way, we're camping over here at Evergreen Park. We're having a great time as a family, and it's Father's Day weekend, and happy Father's Day, and all of that. But Geneva said this. She said, you know, when they told me that, I was just like, wow, boy, I'm an adult. And it really made her feel good. And then it also triggered another memory from when I was very young married, we were, I'm guessing, married maybe two months or something like that, and received a knock on the door, and it was a, a sales lady was there. I forget what she was wanting to sell. But I answered the door, and she said, uh, yes, could I talk to your mom, please? Well... I didn't want to tell her that my mom wasn't there, so I just sent my wife to the door and left her deal with it. Oh, boy. So, yes. Mark, you triggered a lot of things this morning by saying that. In your bulletin, you received a newsletter, and I just wanted to to give you a copy of it because... Bi-monthly, we send one out, and this on this one, beings, we just had Mother's Day last month, Father's Day this month, I thought it appropriate, and I wanted to honor my mom and dad, and that's my mom and dad's picture on the front that I took here a couple weeks ago, um, was up to, to visit them again, and in fact, talked to dad this morning, uh, he's doing well. Uh, 
Dad's 96 years old, mom's 88, and they've been married for 70 years, and I just want to honor my dad, and I want to begin this morning by just telling a little story about the impact that dads can have on their children, because after all, this is Father's Day, and how many dads are here today? Ah, great, good. How many of you how many of you here this morning that you have your dad here this morning? Now, I'm not talking about the little children. Uh, the little children, you probably have your dad here. But, but how many others, like maybe teenagers or older, have your dads here today in the service? Is, are, are there any? There's a few. Okay, good, good. Well, my dad... I grew up in a pastor's home. Some of you know my dad, but I grew up in a pastor's home, and my, my dad loved to preach. And I remember so many, so many Sundays after he had just gotten done just preaching his heart out. And we would be at home, and at that time, and still depending where you are from, uh, you call the Sunday uh, lunch, you call dinner. When I grew up, that was dinner. And in the evening, it was supper. Well, now it's lunch and dinner in the evening. And, but this was at noontime. So whatever you want to call that, if you want to call it lunch, if you want to call it dinner, it was at the, around the table at noon after Dad got done preaching that I would hear him say something like this. He said, this morning again, I felt such a presence of the Holy Spirit came over me when I was preaching. I wish, I wish I could tell you what it feels like. He said, the Holy Spirit came down upon me so powerfully, and he just, I was getting downloads. I was getting words to speak faster than I could speak them. And it created a hunger within me as a young person growing up that if that can happen to dad, then someday I want to be able to experience that in my own life. And it created a hunger within me that, that somehow it seems like in a lot of the church there seems to be a missing ingredient that I saw evident in my dad's life, the Holy Spirit. And so on this day, as we, as we honor and as we celebrate Father's Day, I want to honor my dad. And one of the ways that I was able to do that is put his picture in here, hand it out this morning, and say a little bit something about him. But this morning, I got here a little bit early, and I wrote down some things that some of you said about your dad. James said, there when I need him and someone to talk to. Uh, Jason said, best dad around. Jaden said, good soccer player. Matt said, always has candy. Now, I shook his hand. Where is he at? Not Matt, the dad. Where are you at? There he is. Do you have candy along today? Oh, yeah, he's got candy along. Uh, Dustin said, there to help when I need him. 
Dan said, takes time for me. Mandy said, always there for me. Christopher, good scrambled eggs. Man, I like that. Where's the dad that makes the scrambled eggs? Right there. All right. Boy, that triggered a memory. We used to get together some some of us couples after church on Sunday night, and we'd have scrambled eggs or egg sandwiches, or you would have fit right in. Uh, Courtney said, builds me things. Caleb said, he's funny. Jennifer said, call dad with car problems. And Christina said, he shows his love. Now, I'm sure, you know, all of us would have had something to say. And, wow, there goes a tractor right across the road. That thing must be loaded. It does a little bit like I do. It kind of wanders all over the place. This morning, I want to talk about the Father's love because there is a distorted view of our Heavenly Father because of the experiences that we have had, sometimes negatively, about our earthly father. I remember some years ago, a young man came to me, and we were talking about the things of God. We were talking about what it takes to go to heaven. We were talking about church, that type of thing. And this young man came from the Schwarzenegger Amish, and he told me, he said, you know, I really want to become a member of the church. I want to get married. But he said, as far as becoming a member and getting baptized and all of that, he said, I know that none of that is going to make any difference because he said, the only way that I can go to heaven is if I go back to the Schwarzenegger Amish to the church, and he said, otherwise, there's no hope for me. His dad told him that over and over again. He said, if you go to any place else, you're going to go to hell. And so he found this girl that he liked. He found this girl he wanted to get married to, and he knew he didn't want to be Amish, but so he, in his mind and in his way of thinking, he was thinking the only way is then to just get married, go to a different church, just try to be a good person, and because I don't want to be Amish. He had a negative view and a distorted view of his heavenly father because of how his earthly father treated him. You might be here this morning, and you have had a really, really good heavenly father. You might be here this morning, and you didn't have such a good experience with your heavenly father, or with your earthly father. I've heard many, many stories from church people of how their earthly father mistreated them, abused them, didn't show them love. And for them, when you talk about the love of the heavenly father, it was a disconnect. It was all about rules. It was about regulations. It was about you can't do this, you can't do that. And if I could never do enough anything right for my dad. In fact, at a particular prison, and I can't say which one it was, some years ago, for Mother's Day, they made cards available for Mother's Day for the inmates to send to their mothers. The response was overwhelming. And so they thought, well, wow, that worked really good. We'll do it for Father's Day as well. Father's Day rolled around. I could use a little bit of water uh, if somebody could 
Thank you, Mark. And, and for Father's Day, it seemed like hardly anybody wanted a card for their dad. I don't know what your experience would be like. I want to look at a few verses and then just, I guess, just some of what I want to do this morning is just talk really practically. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, <coughs> excuse me, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. That word Abba, Father, is, is a very personal, endearing type of word. And sometimes us as men think we have to be so masculine, so macho, that we, that we fail to, ex, to not only express, but to show our love to our children. Dads, express and show your love. As one of the young people here had said, my dad shows me his love. That's powerful. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a proven statistic that that youth, girls, that have been really loved by their earthly father are much less likely to get involved in sexual immorality than those that have not. So, he says here, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts by which we cry, Abba, Father. Do you know him in such a way that you can just kind of feel like you could just, you could just sit next to him on the couch or just sit on his lap and put your arms around him and hug him? I still like to go to my dad just the other day again. I was there. It, it feels good to feel the embrace of my earthly father. It sounds good in my ears to hear my dad say, I love you. And almost every time that I go there, dad is wondering, you know, where am I preaching? Where am I going? What is taking place? And then he says something like this. He says, I'm so glad to see my, that my son is preaching the gospel. He encourages me. So dads, I mean, there's a lot of dads here today. And so because you're a dad, you have children or a child. Live your life in such a way that you are representing the Heavenly Father's love in a way that makes it attractive for others to want to be like you. Because when you give them a good taste of love, then it will, it will inspire them to become like you. 
last evening around the campfire, we were just had a time of sharing. My oldest daughter, Geneva, gave me a tremendous compliment. You know, sometimes kids just, they say nice things, and you yourself know, yeah, but man, there was a lot of screw-ups along the way. You dads know what I'm talking about. Well, last night, Geneva was saying about the last several weeks, their pastor was talking about what it means to really love people, to just love people. I mean, the Ten Commandments are summed up in, in two things, loving God and loving people. And then Geneva was just sharing. She said, you know, she said, I was really convicted as my pastor was talking about loving people of how often we talk down about other people or we are maybe gossip or we slander or, or we say negative things about people or with our children or whatever. And, and, and she said, you know, if we really love people, it means that sometimes, depending what gets said, we just, we just can't get offended so easily. And then Geneva said this. She said, you know, Dad, I have found you to be a person like that. That's pretty humbling. And she said, I want to be more and more like what I see you have become. Now, trust me, I have had many, many failures. All of us have. But it seems like there is something about going beyond a failure and where, where if it's your children or if it's those around you that they can see that you're imperfect and yet they can feel your love, they can somehow know that you really want to do right even though you don't always get it right. And it seems that that attitude is pervasive. And as that attitude goes out, it's not so much that you live a perfect life, but it's, it's what your spirit is communicating. And sometimes our spirit communicates much more loudly and forcefully than the words that we say. Some of that stuff I've learned by the hard way, I tell you. You can say the right words in the wrong spirit and people will pick it up immediately. I want to go to another portion of Scripture that I believe really demonstrates from Scripture the Father's love. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture, and it's taken from Luke chapter 15. We know it as the prodigal son. And I want to begin reading in verse 18 of Luke chapter 15, and read through verse 24. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
But the father said to the servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. In the account here we have all of us. Doesn't matter if we're sons or daughters. All of us have screwed up. All of us have done things in our lifetime that have, that have grieved our Heavenly Father. Probably all of us have done things in this life that have grieved our earthly father and mother. Because none of us are perfect. We're all in the same boat. The essence of, of the story here, though, is this, that when the son realized that he had messed up, says Earlier, when he came to his senses, he decided, I'm going to go back to dad. And as he was doing that, in his mind, he was thinking, because of what I've done, I'm no longer worthy to be a son. And I see, can I say, too much of that mentality in the church today, that people are serving God out of almost a moral guilt. They, they, are, they are serving not as a son, but as a slave, as this young man said. He, said. he said, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Just let me be your slave. Just let me be your servant. And we come into the kingdom of heaven with that type of a mentality that I'm not a son. The first verse that we read, it said that we can cry out, Abba, Father. It's a very personal greeting. We can come to, to our Heavenly Father and we can say, Daddy. It's personal. We can wrap our arms, as it were, around him and talk to him, and, and he listens to us. And here it says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And it says he arose and came to his father. But I want you to, to, to catch the imagery of this. In fact, Mark, can I use you for a volunteer? Now, I'm just a little guy, okay? So I, I want you, I want you to, to go over there and start walking over this way, okay? Um, that's cool. Now, just, just, just start walking. And the dad is off, and he's watching. And all at once, he sees the son coming, and he ran, runs to him. It says that he wraps his arms around him. He embraces him. He kisses him. The Bible says when he saw him. When he saw him. So when he looked at his face, he felt compassion. I love you. I appreciate you. You're my son. It's that, it's that visual imagery that I get when, I, when I, I don't see all of the pain. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I don't see all the, I mean, obviously the guy had really messed up big time. He, he could have been stoned. He would have had a legal right to be stoned, to be, to be thrust out of the, out of the, the family, he disgraced the family. But he, he, all of us would have a past. All of us do. But when the father saw him, there was something on the inside of him that, that triggered 
And your heavenly Father is like that to you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Your heavenly Father, when he sees you, he just wants, he's longing for you to come toward him. And as you take that step of faith and you just start stepping out toward him, he, the Father is there, he's running to you, he wants to embrace you and to hold you close because that's the whole Bible story is of the Father sending his son to die on the cross so that we can have a, a right relationship, so that the relationship can be restored. But when you have an earthly father that has, that has mistreated or, or misused their sons and daughters where you were never able to do anything right, and so when you're stock, talking about to them about the Father's love, the only Father's love they ever saw was getting slapped backhanded across the face or beaten so bad that there was welts on the back and it doesn't give the right view of the Heavenly Father. And then they come to the Farallon Mennonite Church. They're wounded. They have a distorted view you sing the songs of worship, and they're like, there's a disconnect. How, how can you love a father? So men, men, dads, love your sons and daughters. Don't just tell them. Wrap your arms around them. Tell them you love them. Give them compliments. I remember some years ago, I was speaking at a particular church, and after the service, a teenager, I'm guessing at that time he would have been 16, 17 years old, came to me and said, you know, I don't recall my dad ever giving me a hug or telling me that he loves me. Too many of us are too macho, we're too masculine to do that. If you have the opportunity, why don't you do it today? I think this story on the prodigal son is a real good demonstration for us. The father ran to him. He hugged him. Then he gave him a robe, a robe of distinction, a ring of authority that he could conduct family business at the, at the city gate. He put shoes on his feet. The the servants just went barefoot. He gave him a pair of shoes or sandals, and he, he put shoes on his feet. And then if that wasn't enough, they, he threw a party. They killed the fatted calf so that when, when this son that had messed up big time, when, when the elders of the town saw this son coming, he had the, he had the robe of distinction of the family on him. He had the signet ring that he could conduct family business. He had the shoes that separated him as well from not just a servant. And he could conduct business at the city gate. And you, my friend, fathers, you can conduct business at the city gate as it were of your house. 
And I want to encourage you to do business at the city gate of your house. You have the right, you have the authority, you have the privilege of being God's representative in your home. Don't take it lightly. You, get your Bible out and, and share the Bible stories with your kids in the evening or in the morning, whatever the schedule, but do it daily. Pray with your kids. I remember so many times, sometimes our our Kids would wake up during the night, and it was just one of those things. You know, sometimes it's just a bad dream. But I'm telling you, sometimes we don't recognize and realize that the, the enemy is out to destroy our, our kids, our families, our marriages. The enemy is the devil, and he wants to dis- destroy us. There have been times when, when I've, yeah, you know, I'm sleepy. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. Just go back to bed. It's okay. And, and they go back, and they come back again. And, Dad, I'm scared. I'm scared. And, you know, I want to sleep. And all at once I realized there's something more going on here than just a bad dream. And on every occasion that I can remember, when I went back with my kids, tucked them into bed at 2 a.m. or whatever it was after that episode. And I, would, and I would conduct business, king's business, over the, over the bed of my son or my daughter, and I would take authority over unclean spirits, cast them out in Jesus' name, and pronounce peace and blessing on my kids. They would fall asleep and sleep the whole night. Men, don't expect your wives to do that. Step up to the plate and conduct business at the city gate of your house and take authority over those, over those demonic forces that want to rob you of the, of the most precious prized possession that you have, which is your children. He's entrusted you with the right, the authority to be able to do that. Love your kids. I was so blessed last night and this morning. I mean, you, you, expect, you expect your kids to say Happy Father's Day, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, they do that. And mine do that. But I want to challenge you fathers to live your life in such a way that others will look at you as a spiritual father. Yesterday afternoon, I had a young man call me. I'm guessing he's 25 years old, something like that. Hi, Dad. How you doing? He calls me Dad. The guy on the back of the newsletter that I gave you sent me a text message at 7.30 this morning. Happy Father's Day. You've been like a dad. When I was out here in the Higher Grounds Cafe drinking some coffee this morning, got a phone call from South Carolina. Happy Father's Day, Dad from a young pastor, also in there in the coffee shop, received a text message from a, from a mom whose daughters refer to us as grandma and grandpa. She texted me and said, Happy Father's Day. I'm blessed, and you are too. You are too. Live your life in such a way that you can demonstrate the love of, of Jesus Christ to those around you. And especially for you dads, I want to pray for you this morning. 
Those of you that can and want to, I would just like for you to come up front, and I just, I just would want to pray for you and to bless you. And Mark, uh, I would very much like you to be a part of that, but then after I get done with, with praying for the, for the fathers, if you would just have a song or something you'd want to do, that'd be great. Being a father is a great thing. It's a great thing. So don't hang your head and think of all the bad things that you've done. We all have our share of those. Instead, what I want to leave you with is because of what Jesus Christ has done for you, you can serve your heavenly Father with a clear conscience because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. If you really have screwed up and you need to make things right with your wife or your kids, do that. But don't just dwell on, oh boy, you know, if I just would have done this different. Well, just would. Well, concentrate on what you can do, the good things that you have done, and compliment your kids. My daughter that lives in Sarasota gave me, and you dads, if you want to receive prayer, come up. Don't mess around. Just be a man and step out. I'll finish with this little story. My my youngest daughter, two years ago for Christmas, gave me a little Superman, a plastic Superman. It's about this tall. She probably paid two bucks for it. I don't know. But it's a prized possession of mine. I have it sitting at home in my office. Her son is visiting us right now, and he wanted to play with it, and, and her daughter. And I said, be very careful with that. I'm not sure I want you to take it even out of the office. I don't want that thing to get lost because your mom gave that to me. And the reason she gave that to me is she said, Dad, you always made me feel like a princess, and in my eyes, you're Superman. Now, she could have thought of all of the negative things. Trust me. There was negative things. And for all of you, I'm sure if you would think, you could think of negative things that have taken place in your life as it relates with your kids. But what I want you to do is to think about what, because of what Jesus Christ has done for you, he has set you free, he's given you abundant life, and so allow that abundant life to come out. doesn't matter if your kids are are growing, if you're grandma, if you're a grandpa here today or whatever, hug your kids. Hug your kids and tell them and express your love to them. Father, I pray your blessing on these daddies this morning. God, that you would be with them. I pray, Father, that you would supernaturally impregnate them today with the Father's love. May they receive it from you, Father that they would be able to experience it so exponentially that it would just ooze out of them and that as a result of that, that their sons, their daughters, their grandkids would be able to feel that love come from them. And then, Father, that it would go beyond that to all of the people in the community, maybe a co-worker, it might be somebody that comes from a horrible past, but they see this brother that is standing here that it can be that representative of the Father's love. I pray for the Father's love 
to flow through the hearts and lives of these men for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. God bless you.